This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is missionary Scott Friedman. Uh, Romans 10.1 is our uh, verse that we have uh, chosen as our verse for our ministry. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Again, like the Apostle Paul, like uh, the apostles and the other prophets uh, being Jewish, my heart is to bring uh, the gospel to the Jewish people, uh, to the Hebrew people, to all people, starting with the Jew, but also to all the Gentiles as well. And so uh, a little bit of a background is that the Lord had saved me, as you had read uh, early uh, at, at the age of 15, a very difficult age, of course, if you know what it's like to come from a nominal Jewish background and really a family that didn't have a whole lot of religion to be saved. The first person to come to Christ in my family uh, it was a kind of a rude awakening for me uh, for the fact that they didn't receive it well. And uh, of course, when you receive the gospel, especially as a Jew, uh, you realize what uh, has been withheld from you. And so my heart was to right away to tell my family, just like uh, you saw the disciples to go to tell their family, I found uh, the Messiah, I found the Savior. And of course, uh, many times if they are not called of God, uh, that's rejected. But uh, as God would providentially have it, the, the Lord brought my wife and I together uh, 31 years ago. Uh, she grew up on the East Coast, I grew up on the Left Coast, and uh, we ended up uh, coming together because of our unity in Christ. And so her father has been a great mentor to me. He's a Baptist pastor for over, uh, what has it been, almost 50 years now, I guess. And uh, the Lord has used him mightily in my life. And uh, he grew up in uh, uh, New York, so he was around a lot of Jewish people. And uh, when he found out my lineage, he was welcoming me uh, into the house. So uh, but a, a little bit of the background, the, the Lord had saved me when I was young, and uh, I thought that I was supposed to follow in my parents' footsteps and be in business. So if you're Jewish, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, or you're in business, right? That's kind of what you do. So went to college with that idea. Uh, but again, when I was first saved, I was the only Christian in my, uh, my family. And so I went to a Christian college because it had Christian in front of it. I'm here to tell you that not everything that says Christian is Christian. So I uh, almost lost my faith there because many of the professors that proclaimed the, the Bible didn't even believe in the inerrancy of the Scriptures. And so a very confusing time as it is for, for many at that age, but God preserved me and protected me and brought my wife into my, my life. And so uh, when we got married, we, we made a commitment that we're going to serve the Lord first and foremost. Uh, we thought that was going to be in business, and it, and it was for 25 years. But we always plugged into the churches that we were at. We always wanted to serve the Lord, and we wanted to uh, kind of be used as the Lord would have us. So the first part of our life, we were actually the senders. We were the senders. So we would actually go to the mission field to help out, but we would actually be the ones that would do the financial sending. But the Lord always had it upon our hearts to go uh, to where the gospel wasn't. So we thought we were going to go to places like uh, uh, Papua New Guinea. That's where the Lord had uh, really directed our hearts because we felt like the gospel wasn't there. But uh, in our uh, sending church back in Maui, Hawaii, which is a long story how we got there, not enough time today to tell the whole story, but we thought we were going to New Guinea via uh, Australia. We ended up marooned in Hawaii, of all places. And uh, that's our sending church. It's a wonderful uh, place to be, but that wasn't what we were uh, going to be there long term. Term. But while we were there, uh, the song leader, part of our church, uh, knowing that we were Jewish, knowing that we had a heart for the ministry, uh, had given me a uh, Hebrew-English New Testament, of which there's one out there on the table. And uh, he said, you know, brother, uh, our church back in South Carolina, uh, they support a Jew that is ministering to Jewish people in Israel. 
Uh, he's not living there, but he's going back and forth. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to pray that maybe the Lord might be able to use you to bring this message to your people. And so we'd always been bringing the gospel to my family, uh, Jewish family, that, uh, as you know, uh, it's very difficult, very, very difficult to bring that message to the Jewish people. Uh, they've been taught their whole life that uh, Jesus, Yeshua, is not the Messiah. And uh, so you have to overcome a lot of the preconceptions. And so when he brought that message to me, we prayed long and hard, but uh, many things kind of fell into place. And for those that may be considering the ministry, may be considering being used of the Lord, uh, let the Lord lead. Uh, it took many more years than we thought it was going to be, but the Lord led us at the exact time and the exact place. And what we didn't realize is everything was kind of working its way to put us where we needed to be, but it was many years to get there. And so when we found out that we could make Aliyah, which is the right of return to go back to Israel, uh, we had heard that uh, to be able to do that, you can't declare that you're a Christian. And uh, if you're a Christian Jew, good luck. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's not illegal to make Aliyah. They can't stop you from making citizenship, but they can make it difficult. And so there's kind of a, a pseudo-governmental agency in America that kind of leads North Americans to get to Israel. And uh, as God would have it, God brought some people back into our lives that one fellow had already made Aliyah. I didn't know this, but he had been rejected the first time he tried to, to go in there. But the Lord, through providential situations, had led him back into my life. And uh, he said, hey, wait a minute, because we were set to go. We were going to go on a kind of a Joshua and a Caleb scouting trip. And uh, he said, hey, before you go, this is a very serious spiritual matter that you got to pray about. And you got to know that this is a calling of the Lord. And uh, before you go, I want to send you, set you up with some different folks uh, because Israel's a different place. Uh, what you, if you've been to Israel, uh, you're going to uh, see a beautiful land, but it's a beautiful land of confusion right now. Uh, it's a land where you have different people from all walks of life, uh, a lot of Christendom that comes, and it's a very confusing area if you're not prepared for this. And so this brother had uh, prayed for me and, and led me to go see some folks. And uh, we met with some people that helped us make some decisions. And so we were going to do the Aliyah process through here on the American side, which would give us a lot more benefits. But they said, no, you need to go into the land, go meet with the folks and kind of change the process. And so uh, as part of the process that you had to do, you had to get what's called a proof of Judaism letter. And uh, it doesn't sound like a big deal. If you're Jewish, big deal, right? You're, you're able to uh, prove that you're Jewish, your family's lineage. But what they want to find out is, did you grow up in a way that uh, was religiously, uh, as they might say, halakhically Jewish? And so you had to have some proof of that, that your family was Jewish. And my dad had died, my mother had died, and really didn't have a whole lot left from my family. But when I went to go meet with the rabbi, uh, he kind of quickly realized that I wasn't part of the Jewish community and uh, kind of understood that I was uh, more of what they might call a Nazarene, you know, a believer in the Nazarite. Uh, and, uh, but he said, you know, I'm not going to stop you from going, but if you can prove to me that you're Jewish and here's what I'm going to need from you. And he gave me a list of things and uh, went home and told Beth, I said, you know, I don't know where I'm going to find all this stuff. And she reminded me of a box that my mom had given me uh, before she had passed away, some things of my dad. And what was in there were uh, things of my parents' ketubah, which is a marriage contract, and the yard seat of my grandparents, and uh, my, both my, my grandparents and my mother and father were buried in Jewish cemeteries. And so all these things that he had asked for, I was able to produce. And uh, what he did is he put it on this letter, and because of that, it made uh, the process a whole lot easier. But uh, each time we went through this process, I said, 
you know, when I went and I talked to the rabbi and he, you know, realized that I was a, a believer in Yeshua, Jesus, I said, oh boy, you know, we're, we're, we've been found out, right? We're not going to be able to make it. And then uh, every step that we went through in bringing this information to the uh, uh, immigration uh, center, the, the Ministry of Immigration, uh, we kept getting asked more questions. And I was every time doubting, you know, kind of like we were talking about in Sunday school this morning. It's, you know, it's easy to look into the land and see all the giants. But as God would have it, he had us at the right place at the right time with the right information. And so we prayed. We said, Lord, if you want us there, you'll make a way for us to be there. Uh, there are other Messianic Jews that have been rejected. They go through the court system. It's a very long, drawn-out process. And we said, we don't want to do that. We want to see God's hand in it. We want to have a, a heart of faith. And God made a way for that to happen. And we, we committed. We said, if the Lord didn't open up that door, we were going to go where my family was in Chicago. Uh, right now, we're on extended furlough in Chicago, uh, trying to minister to my family and to the other Jewish people that are there. Uh, by God's grace, as we uh, had made Aliyah, uh, again, our purpose was to bring the gospel. Very simple purpose to go into uh, Jerusalem. So we didn't think we were going to live in Jerusalem, but we ended up living right in the heart of Jerusalem. That, uh, the pictures that you saw there uh, was right over the Hinnom Valley. So it's about a 15-minute walk to the hotel to the Western Wall. And uh, we didn't realize how many different ministries the Lord was going to provide for us. We knew our children were going to have to serve in the military. That was a big deal. Um, you know, if, if you're not a citizen, you can't stay for more than three months. You have to either be like on an education visa or some other kind of visa that's not easy to get. One of the reasons why we wanted citizenship is so we didn't have to come and go. We wanted the freedom to be able to stay and proclaim the gospel. But with that, your children have to serve in the military. And as Messianic Jews, as we would call it, uh, Yehudim, Meshachim, uh, it's not easy uh, because you believe in somebody they've been taught from the beginning in school, in actually public school. They don't call him Yeshua, which is his name in Hebrew. They call him Yeshu. And Yeshu means may his name forever be blotted out. And that's what a child is taught. And so our kids going into the military, we had to be sure that they were prepared. And it's a whole family ministry. So our, our older children that didn't go with us, that were already established in careers, they've supported us. Uh, the ones that went with us uh, from our daughter, uh, Abigail and David and Mark and Levi, they were there to be part of the ministry. And, and, and their part, of course, Abigail and David's ministry was to be in the military. And so we had prayed that the Lord would protect them and watch over them, and he certainly did. They've made it through. They were able to be great witnesses for the gospel. And uh, one of the things that came out of that is we were able to do uh, ministry to a lot of the IDF soldiers, uh, uh, independent uh, loan soldiers, as well as soldiers that were from the country. Uh, one of the pictures that you saw there was a ministry house. So below the ministry house was our personal apartment. And when we first got into Israel, one of the things you do is you go to a place called Ulpan uh, to try to teach you Hebrew. Uh, if anybody's tried to learn Hebrew here, anybody try to learn Hebrew here? It's not easy. It's a very difficult language. Uh, and so they, they, they want you to immerse in, but living in Jerusalem, most people speak English. So when they hear our American accent, they like to practice their English. But we try nonetheless. And so in Olpan, we met some people and uh, built some uh, relationships. And from that, we started a, a Bible study. And from that Bible study, we started a, a Keilah, which means congregation. And uh, we needed more space. So as God would have it, uh, we ended up renting the apartment above our apartment. And we used that for our... Uh, weekly services, as well as for those that are coming to visit. So we had supporting churches and individuals that would come and stay there, contribute to the cost of that. So uh, part of what also is our ministry is we go out on tour. 
not as a, a tour guide, because that takes too much time, but really to uh, have people come and be part of the ministry uh, in a way that's a little different than just your typical tour. We call it a vacation with a purpose. So when we go out, we go out with backpacks of Bibles. And uh, it's intentional to go and meet with the people, engage with the culture. And uh, we're going to take you to different places that you're probably not going to see on your typical pilgrim tour uh, because we want to go meet with the people. And then one of the things that we, we try to do is we try to uh, show the differences between what is really seen as Christendom in the, in the land, uh, because most of that comes from Catholicism or from Eastern Orthodoxy and the, the Jewish sites which of course, both sites are God's sites, right? From beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, those are uh, the sites that God ordained. Uh, Jerusalem is the place that God has decided to put his name forever. And so uh, we want to go out there and explain some of the challenges that we have. So for example, uh, you might have heard of the Holy Sepulcher. Uh, that's the traditional site where they believe that Jesus was crucified and uh, rose again. That's a Catholic site. There's another site called uh, uh, the Garden Tomb that probably fits more of the narrative. So you have to deal with some of these things. So you, you, you have to learn a little bit of the, histor the, the historical side of it. Uh, but most importantly is really to bring the message of the gospel. And so one of the pictures you saw is a, a Bible table. Uh, many people go to Israel with the intention to reach the Jewish people with the gospel. That's a wonderful thing. Many people come on vacation and do that. Uh, passing out tracts, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, going on a street corner and preaching. Uh, the Jewish people, understand, have been conditioned to see Christianity as Catholicism and uh, kind of a token Jew. Hey, you want to you uh, bring me along to uh, convert me, so to speak. And so as, as we learn, uh, one of the best ways to uh, reach anybody is to build a relationship. But the most important thing you got to do is get the Bible in the hands of people because it's the Word of God. It's living. It's the God-breathed Word. We can say all we can say. We can give out wonderful material. But the most important thing that you don't realize is most Jewish people don't have Bibles in their home. Uh, they depend, if they're, if they're religious at all, they'll go to the synagogue, and, the, and in the synagogue, the, uh, the Torah is read. But in their homes, most do not have a Bible. And so there, uh, it's not illegal to preach the gospel. It's frowned upon, of course. They don't certainly want to see that, certainly from somebody like me, a Jew, that they see as kind of a traitor. Uh, but you, you, you can't go to children under 18, which that's reasonable because they want their parents' approval. And you also can't do what's called bait and switch. So a lot of the Catholics would come in and say, hey, if you come to our services and receive our material, we'll help you financially. And so they, they don't want that, and that's okay. We don't want that either. We want the Spirit of God to lead, and we felt like the most important way that we can do that is to get the Word of God in their hands. And they often won't take it from you because they don't want to be seen by their brethren to do that. So uh, we, we found a way that seems to be uh, most effective is just to have a table, kind of sit close to the table. If they want to talk, they come and talk. If they don't, they can kind of sneak off and take a Bible. And uh, we pray for those opportunities. And God has given us many opportunities. And we pray for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you know you got to give the gospel right then. Uh, you may not see them again. Sometimes the Lord uh, withholds that, uh, maybe to build a relationship. Uh, through all the uh, events that we had in Israel while we've been there, the Lord uh, provides many opportunities. And if you seek it, uh, the Lord will provide that. So we, pr we pray for those divine appointments. Now, one of the things that they do have is what's called the Yad Lachim, which is what they consider the anti-missionary group. So ironically, they'll, they'll put up on their, their website how to uh, 
deal with, say, a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. No different than what we would, right? We would say that would be cultic, but then they would also place what we would consider evangelical Christians in that group. And so they go around and they, they look for folks like me. And they're just like any other uh, Jewish person, but you'll, you'll occasionally, you'll see them kind of videoing you and next thing you know, you see a few of the other uh, Orthodox coming up and you're like, uh, here it goes, you know, we know it's coming. And uh, many times they'll say, hey, we're gonna call the police. And look, go ahead, it's not illegal to do what we're doing. We're not forcing it on anybody. And what we do is we just say, hey, it's a free gift. If you want one, take it. If you don't, you're not obligated to take it. That's the free gift of the gospel, right? We don't, uh, we don't uh, basically force anybody to take the gospel. It's, it has to be led by God. Uh, our ministry is called Road to Emmaus from Luke chapter 24. Uh, in there, you, you, you remember the, uh, the disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. They had met with the Lord. They didn't know who the Lord was because he hadn't revealed himself. And then when he revealed himself, what did they say? Did not our hearts burn within us, right? And that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to see. And uh, of course, what did he do? He started with Moses and the prophets. And so we can give the whole gospel from the Old Testament, as it's known in Hebrew, the Tanakh. And uh, of course, Isaiah 53 is the forbidden chapter. They, they conveniently pass over that in their uh, weekly readings, but we're not so. We're, we, we try to be very intentional to bring those verses, those portions of Scripture that clearly show forth Messiah, Mashiach. And so uh, as a Messianic Jew, uh, we're fully Jewish, right? We, 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 we recognize that being Jewish is more than just uh, you know, a descent from Abraham. It's, it's also following the whole scripture. And so what we do is we keep all the, the feast days, we keep Sabbath, but we do it with Christ and we show Christ. Uh, often there are many uh, in Christendom that don't understand the significance of that, so we kind of just avoid it, right? We're, we're kind of fearful of something that we don't know. And of course, the Jew does all of these things, but they don't see Christ in it. So our ministry really is to put it all together. We're one new man in Christ. We're not a new pagan. We're not a new Christian even. You know what we are? We're a disciple of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. We walk as he walked. And so uh, what we do is we show forth Christ uh, in all the, the Moedim, which are the feast days as we understand it in English. And then we go about our business. We live a life. Most of what uh, we don't really call ourselves missionaries because that's a, a frowned upon name. They, they, they know what a missionary is. They think of a missionary really as more like a Mormon or a Catholic. What we call ourselves is a messenger. Uh, we have a message to give, just like a prophet. And it's not a new word. It's a word that's here in this God's holy word. This is our authority. This is the only authority that we have. It's not my authority, not our sending church's authority, but God's word. And so we proclaim that. When God provides opportunity for us to proclaim that, uh, we do it. But we don't force it upon anybody. But we pray, we pray, we pray. And uh, right now, it's the time of the Gentiles. But this time is waning. The Lord is coming soon. And uh, if you're familiar with what's going on in Israel, it's a miracle nation. Uh, it's the first nation really to ever be displaced from their land and to come back into the land in 1948. Uh, it's a, it was a dead language. The language has been revived. Uh, what you're seeing right now before our eyes is a living miracle. Uh, more than just a political state in the sense that it's a precursor to God's kingdom, the day that it's coming. Right now, it's not, it's not the kingdom. We just saw that uh, Benjamin uh, Netanyahu uh, just got reelected. Uh, it, that's a good thing, but he is now the most religious um, uh, government, the most right-wing government. And one of the uh, part of the coalition wants to make it a theocracy. 
That's not good for people like us because they see us as a threat. And uh, yet God knows. And we know this. There's, the only way you can have a theocracy is when God is actually ruling and reigning, right? Uh, the problem that you have within Judaism and every other ism is which one do you you know, align with. There's many different rabbinical lines. And uh, so the people that are in power want it to be done their way. Of course, they see what we, what we teach as uh, anathema. And uh, even though we agree on many things of the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they don't see the most important part by faith. In Romans, the book of Romans is so filled with so much that we have to explain, explain and uh, attest to the people. But you know, one of the things in Romans chapter 9, verses 31 and 32, you saw the picture of me there at the hotel. Uh, they're very zealous uh, for their faith. The ones that believe, the ones that are uh, you know, what we might consider orthodox are very zealous for their faith. In uh, Romans 9, 31, it says, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, why have they not attained? I mean, that's where if you want to be righteous, you look to God's law, correct? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. And that stumbling block, that, what does it say you know, to the Jew? The message of the gospel, the message of Christ, is a stumbling block. To the world, it's foolishness. Uh, to, to most of Christendom, we seem too Jewish. To the Jews, we seem too Christian. We don't really fit anywhere, but that's okay. That's really where uh, Jesus and the disciples were as well. We're kind of misfits in this world. This is not the kingdom that we're looking for. The kingdom that we're looking for is the, the city whose builder and maker is God. And so uh, many, many uh, aspects about the, the, the ministry that you can really only understand and see it when you're there. So one of the things I would love to encourage you all to do when we're back is to be able to uh, you know, come and spend some time with us, be part of the ministry, and really see what everyday life is. Many people that uh, want to do Jewish ministry, we say, well, go to New York or Chicago or L.A. and go spend some time with Jewish people. See if you can handle their brashness, right? Uh, a native uh, Israeli is called a sabra, and a sabra means uh, it's the prickly pear, right? Kind of rough on the outside, but sweet on the inside. That's really what it is to meet a, a, an Israeli Jew, but it takes time. you got to build a relationship. Uh, we'd love to take people to the, the mall and to the market because what you see there is you see a people that, has, that have, for too long, they think, really gone as lambs to slaughter. Now they've basically said, no more of that. We're going to stand up for ourselves. And so it's a much more aggressive culture. It's a rude culture. It's a difficult culture. But how do we overcome evil with good? We've got to show forth love. And it's not easy. It's a stiff-necked people. I know. I can tell you from my own experience and the only way that you can reach a Jew or anybody for that matter is to teach the truth in love. And that's really the simplicity of it. It's not, it's not complicated. You just have to be there and be willing to spend the time and to shepherd people through uh, the gospel. Just like the road to Emmaus, those disciples, uh, basically the Lord himself took the time with two on that road and showed from the beginning through Moses and the prophets all about himself. And it's not... It's not hidden to us. Our eyes have been you know, exposed to the truth. Our hearts have been circumcised. We can see this. But they're still in a spot where their eyes are covered. And so we need to be faithful to pray. Uh, the most important thing that we need is prayer uh, because the enemy is strong. He wants to hit us wherever we're weakest. 
And uh, one of the things that we recognize is that we have to be on our knees. We've learned faith more than we ever have before. Uh, being in business was tough. Being in ministry is much more difficult, especially in uh, God's promised land. Uh, the devil doesn't want us there. Uh, he's, he's content if we don't do what we're called to do. But if we do what we're called to do, where we're called to do it, and we go and be faithful to that calling, he's going to send those fiery darts. And we pray that uh, the Lord would give us the strength to uh, withstand that. So one of the things that uh, I also want to encourage you all to do is really to study the Scriptures to be able to see forth Christ in the Old Testament. Because many a times the, the Jewish people won't take a New Testament. They think of the New Testament really, believe it or not, they really think it's stories about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. That's, that's how uh, the perception has been uh, found, and it's uh, very difficult to overcome. So what I've done is I've really studied and tried to understand where they're coming from. So whatever group of people that God is leading you to, try to understand their culture, try to understand what they've been taught, uh, the misunderstandings that they're, they're coming from, and then be able to use the Word of God, not to defend yourself, but to proclaim Him. And, and that's really what we do. It's a, it's a very simple message. Sometimes we shrink back, but most of the time, by God's grace, He gives us uh, the faith to be able to do that. You listen to Missionary Scott Friedman. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.